Welcome to the Arrive Podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. My name is Jeremy Richards, along with fellow U.S. Immigration Lawyer Christine Jerusik. In today's podcast, we are going to introduce ourselves, and we are also going to provide a few examples of the topics of discussion that you should expect to hear from us when you join us on the Arrive Podcast. My name is Christine Jerusik, and as Jeremy said, I am an immigration attorney practicing in the United States and practicing U.S. immigration law. Uh, I am also a Canadian citizen uh, and also a citizen of the United States. I was born and raised in Canada in the Toronto area. I attended law school there, and I uh, ended up marrying an American and moving to the U.S., Um, and I did my own immigration at that time without any... um, background information when it, back when it was easy, back before 9-11. Uh, and now I, I enjoyed it so much, I decided to make it my life's work helping Canadians make the move to the United States. And I'm Jeremy Richards, also a an U.S. immigration lawyer. I've been practicing immigration law for over 10 years now. Um, and specifically, my practice or our practice is, has been around helping Canadians to work and live in the United States. And a lot of that has to do with our proximity to Canada. Our offices are uh, right on the border of Canada next to the Peace Bridge. You can see the Peace Bridge right out of our office windows. So we deal with Canadians on a regular basis with many different issues, uh, working in the United States, doing business in the United States, relationships with U.S. citizens, and and we enjoy what we do, helping Canadians to work and live in the United States. So we're just going to run through a few examples, um, just of recent cases that we've had uh, that that may be of interest to some people that are listening today. Uh, for example, a lot of Canadians want to come and work in the U.S., and there's something called the USMCA, which is the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. Uh, it used to be NAFTA, and now we're dealing with uh, the USMCA. So the, the status that a lot of people use as Canadians to come and work in the United States is the TN status, which used to stand for NAFTA, uh, trade NAFTA, but now it is a USMCA status. It is a work status. Uh, it's based on the occupation you're working in. Um, whether you qualify is based upon your educational experiential credentials. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for many Canadians and Mexicans to come and work in the U.S. without having to go through a very detailed application process with the United States immigration authorities. Um, they can make the application Canadians can right at the border. Um, just this week, I had a call from someone who had engaged a firm in the Toronto area to assist them with a TN application. Um, she was coming in to work in a category of occupation as a uh, management consultant, actually. Um, And she made her application at the border based on the paperwork that was prepared for her by this Toronto firm, Um, and she was denied because she had improper paperwork. She was not properly prepared for the interview she faced at the border, Um, and she was pretty upset about it because she'd uh, spent a lot of money and, and had engaged a firm that she thought was reputable for this. Um, It turned out after speaking with her that she had only spoken with an immigration consultant and was not actually in contact with an immigration lawyer. Now, immigration consultants um, are licensed to practice and and, uh, help people with Canadian immigration issues, but they are not able to assist on U.S. immigration issues. So she was improperly represented. 
Yeah, and we see that a lot where where people are denied because they receive improper uh, legal advice in the application process. And when you apply for a TN visa or anything at the border, it leaves a, a permanent record with with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So if you go back to the border after that, they will see in the system that that you attempted to enter the United States and that you were refused or denied entry. So it's important to receive proper counsel before you apply for anything at the U.S. border. One yeah, you, another, definitely, you definitely want to do it right the first time. Yeah. Makes your life easier and saves you a lot of money. Too. And keeps your employer happy, too. Yeah. And there's nothing more frustrating than, than thinking you're receiving good advice and then going and finding out you received very bad advice. And it can it can ruin your day, if not your future opportunities to live and work in the U.S. Another another example of something we dealt with recently uh, was a business owner who's coming to the United States to operate his business. He has a Canadian operation as well as a U.S. operation and has been coming back and forth as a business visitor and was stopped at, at the border trying to enter the United States and told he needs a work visa. And we see this a lot where a business owner in Canada has operations in the United States. And for years they've come as business visitors and they've been able to do so without without any uh, resistance at the border. And then a border officer asks a specific question that leads to the individual saying, oh, I own a business, I'm working there. Then they're shut down. They refused entry, and the officer tells them that they need a work visa to do what they're doing. So this particular individual, because of the dual operations, would qualify for what's called an L-1 visa. And that allows qualifying individuals of international companies with both U.S. and foreign offices to transfer managerial or executive personnel to the United States to manage those operations. Another example of a case that we handled this week was a, a couple, U.S. Um, spouse and a Canadian spouse. And uh, Canadian spouse had entered the United States as a visitor um, back before COVID started. And uh, they decided to get married and to uh, apply for a permanent residence here in the United States. Uh, permanent residence sometimes here is also referred to as a green card um, because uh, the card you get to evidence your permanent residence is actually green. So, um, you know, colloquially, again, we use the term green card to represent that, but they applied for the green card. Um, and, and we've noticed lately there's been a little bit of pushback in these types of cases where the officer is very concerned that the person who entered as a visitor um, had the intention to enter and apply for permanent residence when they crossed the border. Um, and if that is the case, uh, they can deny the application. So you got to be really careful with these types of applications in particular for spouses. Um, but luckily, we were able to overcome that issue with this case. Um, and they uh, had a successful interview with the officer. And they were issued the green card, the permanent residence, for a period of 10 years here in the United States. So, um, you know, even even though there are some concerns and they, there could be some pushback from officers, which we're seeing more of lately, uh, there are ways to overcome it if you have proper representation and good advice throughout the process. Yeah, and we see those often because of the proximity of United States and Canada and the ease of, of transfer of people back and forth between the countries under the USMCA. Canadians are actually 
what is called visa exempt. They don't need a, a visa to enter the United States, just as U.S. citizens don't need a visa to enter Canada. You just need to present a valid passport, a valid Nexus card, what they call a witty compliant document in order to, to go back and forth easily between the countries. So with that, we see a lot of relationships between Canadians and U.S. citizens. Uh, either they get married or they could be a fiancé and intend on getting married. Um, but we see that a lot, a lot of those cross-border relationships. So these are the types of things that, that we see on a regular basis. Uh, Christine, what are some other things that we see that we deal with to give people an idea of the type of, uh, type of thing that, uh, that we deal with on a regular basis? So you mentioned business owners that have uh, both Canadian and U.S. operations. We also see you know, people that aren't necessarily business owners right now interested in either starting up a new business here in the United States or purchasing an existing business here in the U.S., um, and, and both of those situations can result in a visa to allow you to come and work and manage your business here in the U S whether it's new or existing. Um, and, and it, you know, how it's done is, is very important. So you've got to make sure again, that you have proper advice right from the start. You know, you don't want to go, um, engaging, uh, you know, getting engaged in a business purchase or starting a new company without speaking to an immigration attorney, you know, near to the start of your um, thought process, because it, it very much how you structure these things and how you go about it can impact the availability of a visa for you. So definitely want to have that conversation as early as possible. Or you make that investment and then you show up at the border and you tell the border officer, hey, I'm going down to interview some people at my from to work for me in the u.s and the officer says you're doing what you're yeah. working where's your visa and then all of a sudden you refuse and you can't go down to this this business that you just invested all this money in so yeah we we see that often um so proper planning is definitely definitely necessary for that if you're going to be doing business in the united states another one that we see all the time is the the infamous snowbirds right Canadians that are trying to escape from the cold weather in Canada and they want to go down to, to Florida. Florida seems to be the destination of choice for everybody in Toronto. I think everyone <laughs> in Toronto has a residence in, in Florida as well. And questions about how long can I stay there? What can I do while I'm there? Uh, typical questions that we see on a, on a daily basis working with Canadians. So th these are the types of things that, that we see. These are the types of things that we'll be discussing relevant topics about U.S. immigration law and how they apply to Canadians that are coming here for, for pleasure, for work, or, or whatever might bring them here to the United States, and also current events. Immigration law is changing on a regular basis. Um, we see immigration law change daily, uh, depending on the administration uh, and, and the laws and, and the things that surround U.S. immigration law. So we hope that you will join us twice a month as we discuss U.S. immigration law topics for Canadians on the Arrive podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day.